Well, Jeej, we're sitting here watching some sport on Foxtel at the moment, and surprise, surprise, we've already been blasted with two or three different betting ads and featuring some young guy looking at different odds on a tote and on his mobile phone and yeah. emphasising the fact that you can just sit there, push a few buttons and become so much more of a fan by actually betting on the outcomes. And then the, uh, the, the, the old sports bet one with the girls in the briefcases. Exactly. And... Oh, it's also hilarious and funny and witty in that. Yeah. Bit. And apparently bets 365 is now in Australia. Did you know that? What I want to know is, since when does Samuel L. Jackson get called Sam? Yeah. When he logs in, hello, Sam? What yeah. the fuck's that about? Yeah. It's a, it's a bad motherfucking choice, motherfucker. Sam I am. <laughs> yeah. Sam I am. But, but, no, look, in light of the um, recent um, revelations of the whole drugs in sport crisis, which, as someone pointed out, was actually entitled Organised Crime and Drugs in Sport. Mm. So it's the organised crime and the whole match-fixing side of things which is actually comes first. I just think the level of complete saturation across the entire sporting market of this spot betting, betting on the outcomes, betting on who's going to score the first goal, betting on how many runs they'll score in the first over... It's all just done so insidiously. It really reminds me of like the Marlboro commercials of you know a few decades ago, mm. in that it's using not so much subliminal advertising, I guess, but it's just trying to say this is just a natural part of the sporting experience. I think that that's the problem that I have with it is just that they're, they're kind of integrating it as a critical part of the sport. Yeah. But in reality, it's the part of the it's the part of the sport that's the most corruptible. Mm. And you can't say it's not a successful strategy because every single sports fan out there will think, you know what, I'd back myself to you know, predict the results of these matches and do so better than anyone else. And then if I can look at the odds, well, I'm, I'm confident that I can use my own ability to predict the outcomes of these things in order to make money. That's how they suck you in, though. Mm. It, it will start with, you know, putting 20 bucks on on North Melbourne to win by less than 12 and a half points or something like that. But what it's doing is it's just it's planting the seed and it's making you believe that, yeah, a key component of any sports event is actually having money riding on the outcome. Yeah, and as you said, the integration of it as part of the... As part of the game is... Reference Billy Baxter in the Channel 9 commentary uh, on the desk, for fuck's yeah. sake. Reference the Jamie Roger, Rogers ads. Reference Tom Waterhouse. Do you know, like, Tom Waterhouse's revenue went up, like, 80% after he took out those ads? Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's the scary thing. Those ads, no matter how shit they might be, and no matter how much we want to see him get trampled by all those horses, yeah. or at least cop a decent whack to the head with that soccer ball, yeah. they're actually working... That's probably the most disturbing thing of all. Yeah. I can understand if Jamie Rogers was getting some action at least, but that ad? Really? Uh, you know, he's got three generations of betting blood. What can you say? I believe it's four, actually. Four Come on. Yeah, well. Have you seen the commercials? Well, he doesn't. <laughs> I, it's a one word nepotism. Don't know if he necessarily counts. <laughs> but, I, was, um, I was just going to yeah. go with Prince. He's also got, he's also got uh, one generation of. of um, race fixing in his blood too but you don't hear him bragging about yeah, that yeah but he's, he's not telling you which generation yeah. it is well that's what I was going to say you know, 
It comes to, whenever I hear the words waterhouse, two two words always come to mind: fine cotton. But anyway, um, yeah, I did read a comment online the other day. Um, imagine the the child that Tom Waterhouse and Jamie Rogers would have. Five generations. Yeah. Yes. yes. But look, I think this generation should be the last one. I think enough is enough. And I think that if the Australian... Yeah, the ACCC investigation has any fucking balls whatsoever, the easiest thing it can do is simply say, blanket ban on all spot betting advertising during yeah. sports telecast. I mean, they did it with, like, Benson and Hedges no longer being able to to sponsor the World Series finals and things like that. I reckon they can just do that, and straight away they'll have taken a massive step towards not so much solving the problem, but solving it from just gradually seeping across the system. There's there's the impact that it has on the individual, but there's also the societal impact that has to be weighed up here. It's it's an element that, as I say, it's... Some of the, I I'd actually go one step further than that. Believe it or not, the the problem is is what I suggest probably only creates the underground culture of it. Is that I think all spot betting should be banned. I think that's because that they're the the when you talk about you know I mean you, it's it's really hard to match fix, but it's actually very easy to spot fix. Reference Muhammad Amir and uh, Salman Butt. Yeah, exactly, and I mean that's the thing that should remind everybody of why this is such a bad idea. Because in the grand scheme of things, those decisions meant nothing. But it's but it, in the grand scheme of things, they meant meant everything, <laughs> and that's the problem. It but, makes it easier for sportsmen, I guess, to be tempted to cross that line. Well, that's right. um, I think I agree with what you're saying, though, but I think the problem is that that crosses the line into nanny state territory, and that's where, given that it would be a government initiative, it wouldn't wouldn't necessarily solve the problem because it only forces that even more underground and the organised crime element kind of escalates even further, Mm. I think. But... um, I just think if, if, if people want to spend their money on this stuff, then it's yeah, it's going to come off as a bit of a nanny state to try and stop them from doing so. However, the preventing them from advertising these, you know, whether it's result betting or spot betting or anything like that, preventing them from doing any advertising during the sports broadcasts, mm. it's a very very quick solution, and I reckon it would just be a massive yeah foot in the door straight away. Yeah. I actually think it's really. Interesting. I agree with all those. I, I know what you're saying, and I take that on board. Mm. Um, in terms of uh, how they talk about these things in America, they're actually, in, you know, they can. They're not allowed to sit there and say, in many respects, such and such is a nine-point favourite mm. in games and things like that. It's, you know, they 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 make the point, but they don't talk about it in that way. There's a there's actually a really good um, documentary on this called um, The Legend of Jimmy the Greek that ESPN did. And they were talking about, you know, this primetime show where this guy, he was a gambler who was giving you advice. Mm. But he couldn't necessarily say, well, the line, the spread for this game is three points. So mm. he'd say, you know, I think they'll win by more than the field goal, but a field goal being worth three points. So basically what he was saying was they'll, cover the, yeah, he's, yep. they'll cover the line. 
But, and see, that appeals to, I guess, the nature of sports fans in, I know what he's talking about. You know, I understand these concepts and I back myself to, yeah, to be able to play the odds in order to win. But what everyone has to remember... The concern is is that you're watching watching a cricket telecast and, you know, one of of the sites that we both like to look at in in, in our spare time is Big Footy. And Mm. I think a, a, a comment's a... Sung in cheek, as I like to say, <laughs> made the point that um, you know my six-year-old might not know a hell of a lot about cricket, but I'm sure he knows a lot about spot betting. I mean, that's the risk here. And the biggest problem is, at the end of the day, gambling is an addiction. It's yeah. an addictive habit. They may be trying to con you into believing that it's harmless to whack twenty bucks on who you think will be leading at half time. But ultimately, in terms of just, yeah, the way our brains process yeah. that, gambling becomes an addictive um, personality. Yeah. Well, an addictive behaviour, I should say. Yeah. Well, I mean, as I always say, you should never gamble money that you can't, you, you, you can't afford, uh, that you, you only gamble money that you can afford to lose, in essence. Mm. Um, and if you're having to make that distinction, you probably shouldn't be gambling. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's, yes. I think... Um, perhaps, yeah, the final word on this one, the final very cynical word I'll take from um, Sean McAuliffe's Mad as Hell, which returned to Australian screens this week, and they were doing a, a very good pistache of the, um, you know, the interaction between the sports host and the um, betting representative, and they closed the interview with, and remember, Sean, always gamble, responsibly. I'm um, sorry, what was that last bit? Uh, nothing. <laughs> Yeah. That pretty much sums it up for me. GJ, one thing that really got up my ass this week was finding out that Aaron Finch had his Cricket Australia contract upgraded purely based on the number of matches he had played this summer. Now, he's had a high score of 38. The fact that they give Kawaja two chances, one of which he was unluckily run out, he gets nothing... Whereas Finch, they keep him playing and failing all summer and they're going to upgrade him? Are you kidding me? And then they make him captain of the uh, Australian A team? God! Seriously, I was in support of Inverarity when he first came in, but this shit along with the fucking, oh, we're going to play Smith or Maxwell in in India? Oh, it's it's unbelievable. The fact that he could get unbraided, as someone said the other day, it's like flybys points. Oh, well, just based on the number of purchases he's made. Well, just based on the number of chances we keep giving him over and over and over and over and over again when he keeps failing. Based on that, we're going to upgrade his contract. No. Jackson says no. When it comes to Aaron Finch, Australia says no. Well, I have to say, I've just found out that um, Muhammad Asif and Salman Butt are actually appealing their, their five and seven year bans. On what grounds are they making this appeal? Seriously, they're as guilty as sin. They're lucky they haven't been banned for life already. The, the very thought that they could be back representing their country soon is enough to make the bile rise in the back of my throat. They should be rubbed out forever. They have no right representing representing their bloody shire, let alone their, their city or their country in cricket again. It's disgraceful. And I, I really, really... If, if, the, if they get off on this, that would just be the blackest day in the history of cricket. The thought that someone can get away with that and, and make an appeal and actually get a reduced sentence for it. Outrageous. Well, we've got a little bit of a... 
a bone to pick, would we say, with the uh, the ads from Gumtree at the moment. Yeah. Well, it's, it's actually that, an older ad, but yeah. it's, it's being recycled at the moment, which is probably fitting given what Gumtree is all about. But uh, yeah, but they're promoting far too much women empowerment. Frankly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you if you haven't described yeah, the yeah. alright, well basically this guy's just sitting there on the couch minding his business, you know, as he can be expected to do. And he's yeah. Insignificant other. Yeah, that's that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> Get yeah, it suddenly decides to achieve some significance by just stealing all his shit and then making it disappear. And the guy sort of sits there and does a slow motion No just as all the stuff just disappears through the roof. So she yeah. steals all this shit. Basically, so yeah. nothing to do with her to begin with. Yeah. You know, she should be well. I don't want to say barefoot in the kitchen and pregnant, but something not closely approaching that. Let's just, let's just work back. She yeah. should not be stealing your shit. Yeah, exactly. That's what she should be doing. She should be taking she should stuff, be, yeah, and selling it, and then. Oh, this sack of money lands, which is supposed to compensate for all the priceless, you know, memories and stuff that he's just lost. And she, I think she walks over and, like, sort of gives him his cut or something like that. Yeah, she, she sticks her hand out for it. It's like, bitch, yeah. it's not even your yeah, stuff in the first place. Right. Yeah. What the hell are you I doing? Like, so you're selling my shit and I'm supposed to give you the money. Yeah. I, I would have just picked up the bag of cash and just started beating her with it. Well, <laughs> I would have actually picked her up and chucked her out the front <laughs> yeah. door, uh, along with all the other yeah. shit. Or maybe, or maybe sell this on Gumtree. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe you try and sell her yeah, on Gumtree, was, yeah. That, that, that could um, rapidly uh, disintegrate into a very different sort of website. <laughs> but, but yes, any any girls out there listening, seriously, don't steal a guy's shit on, and sell it on Gumtree. And <laughs> Not cool. Yeah, Not cool. Don't do that. And don't, don't rub salt in the wound by expecting a handout either. Jeez. Sell your own shit. <laughs> Moral of the story... So you're on shit. Word. Okay. Speaking of not okay, I uh, I caught True Value Solar advertising another special. One month only for the uh, third month in a row. Geez. Mate, this has been going on since I reckon the start of this financial year now. I reckon like this is the ninth month in a row. True Value Solar. So they show the you know the slightly overweight guy doing the ad. They cut to the solar panels and. Up comes the dollar figure. And then just down the bottom, it says, must end, you know. It, I strictly must underline, capitalise, bold font, must end last day of the month. This has been going on for nine months in a row now. Every month there's a new offer. Is there anyone, anyone left out there who's actually watching these ads going, oh, shit, it's the 27th today, I really better get on this. Uh, or they might be hanging out for the the Essendon peptide special. Oh, exactly. <laughs> God. Let, yeah. Let me give you a hint. Just wait four days. Then I, this is, uh, we will perhaps do some more research on this and see how those offers have changed from month to month. Whether it's the same value or whether I reckon. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's true value. Let's yeah. let, let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's time for me to tell another story. Oh, these are always classic. Well, yeah, yeah. Gather round, children. <laughs> you, you say that, but they're usually not. For but, more uh, tales of a Jamison. Yeah. A few uh, a few weeks ago now, I was uh, had the luxury of going out to uh, to one of my clients, Big Shindigs. Uh, we, we'd done a few uh, few projects with uh, this foundation, and all going all going pretty well. And 
sitting around, we're talking with, uh, you know, the people who we deal with there, having a chat with the CEO and the like, as you do, as you're, you're working the room at these types of functions. The and networking. The networking. And the marketing manager comes up to, uh, to myself and my boss, Marcus, who uh, has participated in a couple of these podcasts. Yeah, he was like. the one responsible for the multiple five-minute silences during the World Cricket Draft. Well, yeah, that got, that got edited out. And he was even worse in the NBA draft, where it took him a <laughs> Yeah, but uh, anyway, just play an excerpt from the sounds of silence. There, yeah. that'll be our Marcus Polar Association. Yeah, so uh, I've told him in the future if he's going to participate, we need more words, less pauses. But um, <laughs> but we digress. Anyway, digressing. Yeah, so uh, the marketing magic comes up to us and says, "Oh, have you guys met Mike yet?" And we're like, "Mike? No, don't remember seeing any Mike." And they're like, "Oh, come over with me. He's a you'll probably know him. He's an ambassador for the." For the foundation, well, oh, okay, cool. So we walk over there, and who is it? You might know him better as first name, Mr. Yeah. Last name, Cricket. Mr. Cricket, Mike Hussey, my God. Oh, my God! Yeah. <laughs> um, it was, uh, yeah, uh, I, I somehow managed to, uh, to maintain let, my karmic... Yeah, let me just say, it's just as well I wasn't yeah. there, because yeah. there would have been... Well, just an emotional breakdown. I must epic have, proportions. At this point, I must admit, after having spoken with him for a couple of minutes, we did debate getting you on the phone <laughs> um, to uh, to have a chat with him. But uh, just just for the record, I mean, we spoke about how great his career was and all of that. As a as a person, um, he's very he's a very quiet, very reserved type. But he's such a nice guy. He really is genuinely nice. Oh, look, and I think if you read a couple of weeks back on Crick Info, they had an, a rather extensive interview which with was him actually based. I, 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 can I, I actually get a comment yeah. on that? Is that I reckon I asked him about eighty percent of the questions <laughs> that were in that article, and I reckon I could have written it. Um, I'm just going to go back and check who the journalist was. Yeah, well, I'm just saying, he, he might have been eavesdropping on the... Ghost the for him. Well, eavesdropping on the conversation mm. that I had with him. Um, yeah. yeah. But, it, I mean, if you read that article, and this is what it ultimately comes down to once a guy retires, it's all about how he conducts himself and speaks yeah. off the field. There is not one word I would change from any of his responses throughout that entire rather comprehensive interview. Not yeah. one word that I would change. His attitudes towards 2020 cricket, the way he approaches the game in general, his thoughts on the Australian team now and moving into the future. He is just bang on the money with exactly what you'd want to be hearing. And yeah. quite frankly, Cricket Australia should be looking at his responses to that email and going, this is what we should be working towards. I resisted the urge to ask him if the Clark beat-up story was true or not. I might have had a very oh, short... Look, might have had a much shorter conversation with him if I had, but... It doesn't matter whether no. or not it's true, because the fact is that even if it was true, how has he conducted himself from that yeah. point onwards? I mean, compare that to, say, at Simon Cadditch, who had a falling out with Michael Clark, and look at how that went down. Mm. I think if that email was true, and we've discussed that it probably is more fact than fiction, yeah. that is actually even further credit yeah. to us. Well, I mean, I actually asked him about Clark as a captain, and he said that he, you know, he, like I, I said, you know, one of the things that's very obvious is he's always looking to try and get a wicket, and he said, 
out there on the field at times, you'd be seeing him doing stuff, and you're like, they're going, what's he doing? Why is he doing that? And mm. then he, he'd think about it for a little bit, and he could see the method to the madness. So mm. he, sa- he said, you know, in terms of the tactical side of things, he feels that he's got a really good feel for the captaincy. But yeah. Uh, I asked him. I actually asked him if he wanted to be the captain at, at, at some point in time as well. And I think that the article touched on that it, as it well. Did. And yeah. it, it summarised what I had always suspected was that he was thrown under the bus a little bit during a meaningless one-day series in New well, Zealand, where where he himself just was outstanding in that yeah. series. He scored two centuries in that series. Well, yeah, he said to me, he says, everyone forgets I captained the team four times. I said, I, I didn't. You scored centuries in two of those four games, yeah, didn't you? exactly. He says, yeah, that's all good and well, but we lost them all. <laughs> so forever playing the team man there was uh, was very interesting. But, but um, the fact that that sort of seemed to rule him out from any captaincy well, considerations I mean, he, from he that actually, point on he is said, a great shame. I, I said to him, he said it would have been a great honour. He said, I certainly could have handled the the actual cricket side of things. Yep. He said, all the all the media and that that went with it, maybe not so much. Uh, um, so does that I remind that that you of Alan Border? Which I thought, I mean, chance? yeah. Look, I, I thought that that was a a very interesting an interesting um, answer to the question. Well, I mean, Alan Border basically had. Bob Simpson yeah. brought in to, to to perform those duties for yeah. him. That was his approach, was that he couldn't handle the, the media so, relations um, and that side of things. And it was very, also interesting to hear his, uh, his take of Mr Cricket in the commentary box. He actually said that that was very much a last-minute thing and he'd had... Uh, no coaching or anything from anybody. Well, let me tell and you my, one my thing. Boss, He's already ahead of heels yeah. in the pecking order right now. Well, I said that to him. I said, look, if you ever get the chance to do it again, do it. And don't change a single thing that you did. If they're allocating potential <laughs> budgets for the upcoming season, mm. then I'd well, be looking at how much Ian Healy and Michael Slater are getting. I'd be looking to divert a, a significant proportion of that towards well, Nasi. He, he said, with the rights up for grabs, it's hard to it's hard to know what's going to happen moving forward. But yeah. he said he actually really enjoyed it, which I thought yeah. was uh, was good to hear. And I said, well, look, if you get the chance to do it, do it. And I said, there was a really good comment I read the other day, which was, if there is anyone in the world right now who has the potential to become the next Bill Laurie, it is Mike Hussey. Mm. And I, I thought about that for quite a while, and I thought that is that is true on a number of levels, I think. Not just, I guess, the commentary itself, but just their general approach to calling the game compared mm. to the way that all the rest of the, yeah. uh, look, the, the thing new that, guys do it. The thing that I really, that I took away, you know, as I said, we were talking to him probably for, I'd say probably five to ten minutes. Yeah. Um, every word was considered and you know usually go to these Mm. things and there's a lot of throwaway stuff but Mm. you can tell that he really thinks about what he's saying and it's very natural Mm. the way that he talks and it's and and the passions it's very evident so but uh they don't call him mr cricket for nothing yeah so um yeah so uh one one, uh caveat on that though davy warner yeah, I said. I actually stop, stop that. Actually, That's the one criticism I have of his. I actually did today. say that to him as well. I yeah. said he just needs he, to lose that. I just said, "Can you do me one thing?" His name's David Warner. Yep. 
Davey Ward pisses me off. I mean, in fairness to him, that's more peer pressure yeah. from Slats and the rest yeah. of the you know homeboys up in the commentary box these yeah. days. But, I mean, yeah, that that's yeah. the one thing that I listened to throughout all his calling of the one-day matches this summer that I thought, oh, that's a bit... Yeah, a bit cringeworthy. Yeah. Everything else? Yeah. All good in the hood. Having said that, it would also be nice to see him captaining WA to a Sheffield Shield next season. Well, he said, yeah. I asked you if he was going to play on for WA next year as well, and he said, um, I have to get through a Justin Langer pre-season first, and he laughed. Mm. But, uh, I mean, he in that discussion, this was before some of the hoo-ha had happened in India. It's a few weeks ago now. I think the... It was just after the uh, the Dhoni double century. Mm. Um, and uh, I said, you know, I bet you're wishing you're over there. I said, you're probably wishing you're over there right now. And he said, absolutely not. He said, I've had my time. Uh, um, you know, I'm, I don't want to play See, exactly. That's anymore. the perfect response to that question. Shane Warne, take note. None of this, oh, if Michael Clark gives me a call, I might consider coming out of retirement and that sort of crap. Anytime yeah. someone has even broached the subject of a hussy comeback, yeah. he's immediately well, yeah. he's just stamped out that without, without going into the specifics, he intimated why that was the case. But, um, yeah. well, but either way, it doesn't yeah. matter. That's exactly what you want to hear from a recently yeah. retired player so, uh, on the team street. But, yeah, so... Based off of the back of our, uh, our discussion of Huss the cricketer, Huss the person, I think was uh, it's important to, to throw into the mix there. So yeah, real, it's it's always an honour when you go to these things and you, you get to meet these types of people. You know, the the more I do it now, the more comfortable well, it seems. But hmm. I, it's I, not always an honour. It, like, it depends on what they're like off the field. Well, that's exactly, it? well, it, it, yeah, it could be. It depends mm. on how it is, but I mean, he's just. You, so in this case, it was absolutely. If you, yeah, if you didn't know who he was, you'd just assume he was a mm. normal guy, and he, yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it was great to. Uh, it was great to have a bit of a chat with him about it all. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. On your house, good stuff. Go the house. <laughs>